G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 27 of the Outback Mine podcast. Have a uh, gentleman by the name of Rod Galbraith along with us tonight. Rod Galbraith is a well-known, well-recognised yoga teacher uh, based in Sydney, but he's also very well known throughout Australia and the world. Very, very uh, interesting story with Rod and how he actually came to yoga. He was actually my original yoga teacher trainer, so I've had a bit of a fascination with Rod since uh, since I did my original uh, yoga teacher training um, some years ago. And uh, yeah, Rod's uh, Rod's got a, an interesting journey on sort of how we how he sort of come into yoga and where that's taken him. And what it's actually done for him, and now he's made it, made a career out of it. So he's actually uh, gone out of uh, his profession and gone into yoga. So it just sort of shows people and shows me that uh, you know we can actually start to pursue our passions. And and Rod's really really passionate about uh, this philosophy and also what it can do to change people's lives and how it's so much needed in modern society to be able to sort of use these tools, uh, meditation, yoga, and so forth to be able to manage our mental health better. So I was really keen to uh, to get Rod along to. Uh, share his journey and also, you know, his wisdom and knowledge around uh, what yoga can do for uh, mental health and physical health and why we sort of need to do these things, you know, to be able to keep ourselves, um, you know, rounded, I guess, and grounded primarily. So uh, being able to do a practice uh, daily like Rod has done for years um, has kept him in good physical and mental health uh, in his early 50s. I think he's 53 or 4 now. Um, and, uh, yeah, very, very vibrant uh you know, exciting, charismatic guy, and uh, I think that's available to all of us. We all, uh, you know, learn the tools and uh, have the skills and knowledge from others, like Rod's taught me, to be able to sort of put into our daily practices and daily lives. So, I think you'll enjoy our conversation. Um, and also, I just want to mention uh, Green Nutritionals, who's uh, supporting the pod- the podcast. Um, amazing green products which support uh, our health so if you want to jump on their website and check them out greennutritionals.com.au and really uh really appreciate that support to be able to get this out there to more and more people so i want to get this podcast uh really uh really working um to help people throughout regional australia so uh thanks to them okay guys we'll bring rod rods uh, onto the podcast and hope you enjoy our conversation rod galbraith welcome uh, welcome to the outback mind podcast yeah, great to be here, Aaron, and well done on the podcast. Oh, good on you, mate. Uh, I'm really, really grateful to have you along here. You've been, uh, you know, such a, a real inspiration for me. But uh, I guess you know the the reason I want to get you on be, is because you can be such an inspiration to everyone else out there listening. And uh, I just know of your wisdom and knowledge around mental health and physical health. And I just think there'd be uh, Lots of guys throughout rural Australia and lots of women throughout rural Australia that listen to this will be able to, you know, take some uh, tips and tricks away from our conversation, mate. So uh, you're really yeah. happy to have you here, which is great. So um, just wanted to get you to, uh, as we do with all the guests that come on, just get me, I'll sort of get you to give us a bit of a, an idea of your background, where you sort of come from and where you uh, where you basically uh, got to where you are now, mate. So if you could lead us through, that'd be awesome. Yeah, well, um, I'm kind of more on the, the urban end of uh, the kind of scale of things, but uh, I actually grew up on the northern beaches of Sydney, and uh, so I had a, I kind of, I had a, pre- you know, I have to be honest, I had a, you know, a fairly, uh, a fairly good upbringing where I spent a lot of my time, you know, before school I'd be on the beach surfing and, 
you know, now I realise that was kind of my my way of kind of staying grounded and and uh, you know, feeling good good about how I approach life. Mm. Uh, but then, you know, when I uh, when I got older, I I went into a career. I, I was always quite creative, so basically, in my kind of most of my working career, I went into a, a role as a, a creative director for events. So I used to basically design and then produce and direct um, corporate corporate launches, uh, kind of high end uh, private functions and things where I would kind of you know, design the, the whole kind of creative side of it and then um, make that happen on the night. So. As you know, we've had discussions about that. This, as you, as you know, can imagine, that's a, can have its fairly intense moments. And you know, but I love doing it. I love the creative side of it. Um, so I just kind of uh, I managed that for many years, just through sh- sort of sheer passion and enthusiasm. Uh, but you know, as the years go on, if you don't have the tools, uh, you know, which you know, in our culture, unfortunately, we don't spend a lot of time. You know, in my youth, I just surfed, and that made me happy. But we, you know, there's not a lot of time spent at schools. Uh, you know, training people how to, you know, or giving people the tools to manage the stresses that will come up uh, through their life. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I kind of got to a point where that became a little, uh, a little critical. That just the, you know, the the intensity of of um, my career when it, you know I was quite successful, well, quite successful at it, had good clients, but you know, with increased clients and increased budgets. Uh, I guess the way I would say it is the perceived pressures of that. The the um, and, and I guess in a way I was before I had the skills to manage it. I was in kind of more of a reactive state where I would be reactive to the perceived stresses that were being placed on me mm. by the work around me. Yeah. And so you know it started to take a toll on my health. Um, uh, I, I definitely towards the end. Uh, well, actually I shouldn't say towards the end of my career because I. Uh, uh, I found yoga and that, that, which is what we'll talk about tonight. And uh, I found yoga, and that uh, was a really um, that was a pivotal point for me. But until I until I discovered yoga towards the end, it was really starting to take its toll on my health. I was uh, definitely feeling the effects of quite chronic anxiety. Mm. And I, but you know, I had a passion for what I did, and I, I'm also a kind of person that's fairly dedicated to supporting people. So I never wanted to let anyone down, but. I was basically sometimes working through uh, kind of holding it together for other people when I wasn't feeling so great myself. Mm. Um, but then luckily I had a really, you know, a really great mate who, uh, you know, I used to confide in and, you know, had basically, you know, because you kind of hold these things in. It's, you know, it's quite common, I think, for Aussie men to hold these things in and not really discuss them. And especially, you know, this is going back about 15-odd years or so ago, uh, that things was the pressure of it was starting to kind of take its toll and, um, but I had this one mate that I kind of confided in, and he's like, you know what, I've done this meditation and um, breathing course. Uh, I think you should give it a go. And uh, thank God he did, because it was uh, it was at a point where I was really feeling like I, I had to walk away from my career because I wasn't managing the stress of it. And uh, I did this basically just a course to learn how to come into a, a meditative state through learning how to reconnect with my breath. And it was a five-day course, and from that point on, my life has kind of um, never been the same. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I in during the during the process of, of learning that technique, I I shed a lot of stress. It was the actual um, uh, there was moments in that course where I, I felt like I was like my whole body was just letting go of tension that I'd been holding on to for years, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, from that point on, I kind of well, it's interesting, I. 
I kind of made the commitment after that. I thought, wow, you know, towards the end, at the end of that course, it was, I'd had a real shift and I thought, well, I'll do this for another week. Mm. And so I did it for another week and I felt even better. And I thought, okay, I'll do it for a month, do it for a few more weeks. And then after that, I was kind of sold and, you know, I pretty much had a a form of that practice and, and then a lot more that, um, since for like the last 15 years or so. Um, Mm. I, and then I, you know, because it had such a profound effect on my life, I've kind of made it my passion since then to, you know, learn and discover more about it. So to kind of give you a bit of background on my kind of history and how it'll probably affect our conversation tonight, um, I've done many thousands of hours study on the kind of path of yoga and the science of yoga towards tools of, you know, meditation and breath work for um, overall well-being. Uh, I know this. we're having a discussion today about mental well-being, but I like to kind of think of um, mental well-being as part of an overall, uh, just a layer of our overall well-being. You know, if you get your mental health in order, all the other systems in your body kind of come into line. Um, I know that was the case for me. So, yeah, I, I spent quite a few years where I would take myself off. I, had, you know, I was lucky I was at a point where I was, you know, in charge of my business and I could put staff in place and go off to India for like a month and study with some amazing teachers and um, uh, kind of immerse myself for a couple of years really deeply and just learning whatever I could and to become a – and then by default became a teacher of that. Mm. Uh, so – and then it was about – yeah, it's a bit over a decade ago that I finally decided to make the commitment to jump fully into teaching meditation and, and yoga, and, and that's you know that's how we met through uh, the business that I have with my partner Nicole Walsh, who's one of Australia's kind of most well-known and respected uh, yoga yoga teachers. Mm. Um, we created In Yoga, which is a, a yoga and meditation studio in Surrey Hills, uh, right near the heart of the city, just a couple of blocks from Central Station, and. Yeah, our passion was to create a place where we could, you know, train train and give people the skills to live better. Like our whole philosophy is just if people can kind of live well, get a little bit more knowledge in how to in how to support that. But most of all enjoy the process of doing it so that they actually do develop a practices that will support them. Um and they and basically they just can kind of fall back in love with life. Mm. Uh, that's kind of our goal, and so we we have offer classes to the community. But our main thing, and that's how we met, obviously, is through um, through running trainings to to kind of share that knowledge so that it can spread out, as it's now happening with you, Aaron. Mm. Kind of spread out. Uh, you know, we've trained teachers that are all kind of all over Australia, but also all around the world. We've got teachers through Europe and uh, Asia, America. Um, so that's kind of rewarding. Uh, for us now so yeah i guess that's my little life story you've worked your way into a passion just from that five-day course can you tell us some key things that you took away from that course and maybe some of the things that you're actually like still doing from that course that uh, you're doing in everyday life now yeah well uh just before that i you know i had sort of sought out help for the anxiety that was kind of um, starting to debilitate my life a little and was starting to, I realised it was starting to affect my life in quite substantial ways. Mm. And so I had been to a therapist and one of, one of the kind of key things or key tests they do to measure the level of anxiety you might be carrying is to check your breath rate. Mm. And, you know, the average person breathes in, in a range of around 12 to 18 times a minute. That's a kind of 
you know, fairly common range. Uh, anything that's getting up ab above that is kind of showing signs of anxiety if it's starting to get above uh, that level. Uh, and I was, you know, I was in this therapist's office. On that day, I thought I was relatively calm. I was just sitting in, you know, quite a comfy chair. <laughs> and we checked my breath, and I was breathing 28 times in a minute, so kind of in a second, out a second, a little bit like a – I was like a bit of a rodent, just kind of – and I was – and the thing was, I was totally unaware of this. I – I, it had it just become my new normal. Mm. Um, if anyone had said, I would have just said, oh, that's just sort of how I naturally breathe. Um, and that's basically the extreme end of uh, showing anxiety. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the course, the, and, you know, and I, you know, I was so, I had a bit of cognitive therapy and the, you know, the therapist was, you know, amazing um, person. But I remember she just kind of said the comment, oh, you need to, when you're feeling stressed, you need to um, take some deep breaths. But she didn't give me any kind of practice or anything to kind of do that. And so I remember I'd, you know, I'd be at an event and the pressure would be on. And I think I'd realise I was breathing quite shallow and quite fast. And I think oh, I've got to take those slow breaths. And I try to do them and my body was already in so much tension that I, I try a couple of breaths and then I, I couldn't do it. And I'd go, oh, damn it. And I just kind of push through yeah. um, and just keep, keep building up. You know, when you're breathing like that, your body, you're triggering your sympathetic nervous system. So my body was overloading on cortisol adrenaline that's what happens as a direct response to your breath rhythm yeah, yeah. so the course that i did the main you know the, the main part of it, it it taught me skills in how to meditate which i'll talk a bit more about that but the key thing was it gave me practices just to reconnect with my breath and so the key key part of it was um basically just spending some time every day about the actual breath part of it was about 10 minutes where i would breathe at different breath rhythms uh and in, i won't kind of go into it in great detail here tonight mm. kind of needs to be done uh you know in a face-to-face -face kind of mm. format um but just changing breath rhythms and just and this is the key thing being given a practice that i could do when i wasn't stressed and and basically i decided to do it first thing in the morning because i knew how intense my life was that i thought i'd just i'd make a commitment to get up and do it before I did anything else. And I would just take this 10 to 15 minutes in the morning to do these different breath rhythms. And basically, you know, for your listeners, if you um, breathe uh, slower and in a more effortless way, so not over breathing, but breathing slower and more effortlessly. And another bit was to also, if you start to breathe more abdominally, where you really relax into your belly and you get the yogic kind of way of looking at it is getting full range in your breath where you breathe into your belly, a little bit into your ribs and into your chest, not to create a big volume because that can make you hyperventilate and feel lightheaded, but breathing a small amount of volume but finding the full muscular range in your breath, your nervous system shifts into the parasympathetic. It's immediately soothing within a couple of breaths. Mm. Um, but most people um, aren't aware of it. The thing is with your breath, you know, it's part of your autonomic nervous system, it, you know, which is a good thing because you've got to breathe thousands of times a day you don't want to have to think about it all the time. But because of that, you know, people get unconscious to the rates that they're breathing and uh, can get really out of kind of out of balance very quickly in their system. If you can spend a few minutes each day getting conscious of your breath rhythm, then when you are in stressful situations, and basically what happened to me, I would be in stressful situations, but because I developed this 10 or 15 minute daily practice, mm. I'd become aware of my breath and I could, instead of my breath just happening automatically, I could make the conscious choice 
to change the rhythm of my breath mm. and actually calm myself in those situations. And that, so this, you know, the intense situations were still intense. The intense people were still being intense, but I could breathe in a way like people do when they're calm mm. and be in those situations where I could find a balance in my nervous system of being, re- remaining calm, but still being alert to what was going on. So that, you know, if you wanted to get the, the key thing that was most pivotal, reconnecting with my breath. And then since then, I've been really fascinated by breath. It's, you know, and it's becoming a lot of, a lot more popular now. Like there's a lot of things you can see on YouTube and whatnot about um, yogic breathing. And, you know, um, there's the guy Wim Hof. He's become very well known uh, for his breathing techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, but the key thing is if just taking some time each day to reconnect with breath because it's, and the key thing is it, it sits at a potent place between being something that's part of your automatic or, or what they call autonomic nervous system, which involves the fight and flight, the active part of your nervous system, and the rest and digest. Mm. But it's also part of your voluntary nervous system. You have voluntary control over your nervous system. And once you kind of honour that fact and learn how to st- you know, notice when you need to change your breath to change the how you're feeling in a situation, mm. it's quite... It's it's so simple, but it's incredibly life changing. And as I said, for me, from that point on, I you know my stressful work didn't you know the people around me were still stressed, were still intense. You know, I was still having to d- deliver things on incredible deadlines, and you know that was just my life. Everyone has to deal with challenging and stressful situations in some form, whether it's you know uh, the work that you do. You know, you, I know a lot of people that you're working with. They're working on the land. You know, nature has creates challenges. Um, whether it's that or looking after family members, life has stresses, and normally we're in an automatic reactive response to that. Mm. If you can change the, basically just flip the relationship so that from within you can make a conscious decision to change actions in your body, to change how your nervous system is functioning, and so basically now I'm talking about the breath, change your breath rhythm, into a, a way that is is the state of breath breathing when you're calm, uh, all the other physiology in your body starts to to follow. As I said, the you know the production of things like cortisol and um, adrenaline start to reduce. Your immune system kicks back in on a very essential level. Your digestive system will come back into more balance. Your cardiovascular system will start to come into to balance, um, and 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 you know many many other layers of your being mm. all kind of fall into balance because you come back into the calming side of your nervous system and basically you're, you're through your breath you're telling your body this is not stressful mm. i can manage this situation so yeah that was kind of the key thing the other aspect to that is once i had done that breathing technique just spending time and the way i like to describe meditation you know people have you know i've heard all sorts of things about and it's often in relation to thoughts um, you know what we're doing with our minds really for me meditation is whatever length of time you want to give to it I kind of developed a practice that was about 20 minutes but if it's you know a couple of minutes or five or ten that's still going to be a great benefit to you mm-hmm. my definition of meditation is really just spending time to be and just notice the flow of life within you mm-hmm. and that might take that might take the form of thoughts it can take the form of sensations. I know when I first started meditating, there was it was often, and this is a thing that a lot of people don't realize, it was often quite uncomfortable during the process because I had a lot of tension in my body that was releasing. Mm. But taking time to relax myself through breath, through breathing, 
and then just sit and notice how I was feeling because I would just keep, you know, as a lot of people do, up until that point of discovering um, breath work and meditation, I would just keep going and just keep going and trying to analyse my life when I was kind of on the go and then just taking, you know, a few moments to pause and just sit and just be with that um, and not try to stop myself thinking. That's a key thing. A lot of people think meditation is about stopping thoughts, being effortless and just letting whatever flows, flows. And the interesting part about that is very quickly you start to have moments that feel like everything is kind of let go and you have, I, I remember when I had my first moment, it was within the first few days of doing this course, I think I had my first moment in years of just feeling like I had completely relaxed and it felt like stillness. There's, you know, I could talk more about the science of it. There's still a lot of activity going on inside us, especially neurologically, even when we are in a state of quite still blissful moments in meditation. But just that tangible feeling of feeling like I had completely relaxed, um, the kind of feeling you get you get if you've maybe given yourself a two-week holiday, yeah. but getting that after a 20-minute process yeah. was just, um, yeah, it was like it was something I just wanted to learn more about. And, uh, yeah, I've developed – that's become my passion is to share that with people. So it's – and th the thing is that the other thing I'd just like to highlight and, um, and then I'll hand it back to you is um, – just for your, your listeners, people often have this perception that meditation is some difficult thing to learn. It's actually, it's a very innate skill. We, you know, before, you know, a lot of a lot of modern life has kind of put pressures on us where we can get distracted from our natural ways of being. It's very natural. It's been part of our physiology for thousands of years to have moments where we pause and just be, be attentive to our life. Mm. Um, in traditional cultures, this was not something that was difficult. Um so meditation is actually a very innate, a very innate thing that we all know how to do. But sometimes we just need to be given some a practice to kind of remind us of a skill that we all have. So it's definitely it's something anyone can do. Uh, but sometimes we just need a little reminder. Mm. Yeah, right. It's it's our it's our natural state, isn't it? I guess as we're kids, well, when we're kids, we're in that theta mode consistently until we sort of get a bit older and we sort of get uh, taken out of that but um yeah it's being able to remember you know what it's like to be calm and relaxed and that's that's mm. really a natural state of being and you know i yeah. wanted to talk a little bit about when i was training with you um i i come into yoga like from from being a fit guy and, and it was it was really hard yeah. for me to uh, I remember you were you were you were a, a, a long distance runner quite 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 into that I remember yeah yeah and that was my meditation you know to be able yeah, to run and, and then come into yoga where I was having to do these things where it was really uh, challenging in many ways and all I wanted to do was just run you know and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was having you, you were making me do all this sort of stuff so it was difficult but yeah. I, I knew I was learning a new skill so I had to be patient you know and uh, mm. one, one thing I wanted to mention, like you put us through a really intense practice one morning. Like we used to start at 5.30 in the morning, I think. And, um, and yeah. I don't know if I told you this, but I'd go for an hour, an hour and a half run before we actually did the yoga. Uh, yeah, in, I know. <laughs> in the morning. So I'd get up at like 3 and then I'd go run stairs or I'd do the Sydney Harbour Bridge and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And uh, so I, I was coming, um, coming in, uh, you know, quite primed. But uh, you took us through a two and a half hour practice and... When we were in Shavasana at the end of it, like in a, in a, in a what's called Shavasana, which is stillness, I was yeah, lying so. there and I felt this jolt from the base of my spine basically release all the way shooting at the top of my head. Mm. 
and they they call that a kundalini awakening i, I believe and um yeah that happened to me mate and I, and I was speechless for 10 or 15 minutes i just lied there and i came out and i just sort of patted you on the back and then i went out we had uh morning tea or something but um yeah but yeah that that actually gave me like that that innate knowing that you probably got when you did this breathing class because that was yeah. something that i felt within myself that i thought geez this is incredible and 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 I've been able to access something that I never knew about myself just by, you know, going through some some postures uh, that actually yeah. gave me my my body its 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 ability to be able to release tension, and that's what it was. It was a release of tension, like what you experienced, which um, yeah. which had been built up for years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so you know, I've been you know, previous I was just talking about you know, breath work and meditation, uh, you know that's just what the one aspect that i kind of originally came to yoga yoga in which is kind of it's not the usual path most people come to yoga through the kind of more the physical practices the asana or the physical practices um but that's what's great about and i've obviously got gone on to do a lot more study and uh now with my partner nicole we really uh yeah taking people through a practice that has got a science of yoga that's got these layers where you know basically you get people to do things in their body um, while they're breathing a certain way, uh, so it's kind of f- affecting their physical being through what they're doing with their muscles and bones on a very tangible level. Um, how they're breathing is going to affect the energetics on, you know, once again on a very tangible level. How their nervous system's working, but a little more subtly than that, how you guide people's attention. So you probably remember from the course, you know, a big part of it is how you guide the alignment of what people are doing, not just so that they make. Um, you know, they're making pretty shapes. It's not really about that. You're cueing alignments. So for, an, you know, an hour is probably a normal class, but say in that one when you had that um, kind of a bit of an awakening, you know, two and a half hours where instead of thinking about all your everyday stuff, you're being guided to really pay attention to your body. That brings a more subtle energetic layer of your mind. You know, your the little electrochemical signals of your neurology start to come into more coherent patterns because you're just kind of staying with this, oh, what's my body doing now? Now I'm putting my foot there. Now I'm expanding out through my arms in this way. Your mind starts to come into a little more balance on a, on a more subtle layer. Again, we also cure awarenesses. Like we get people to be aware of what they're doing with their body, which engages their mind. But we also get them a little bit curious about why they're doing it and also how it feels. And that kind of brings in kind of the emotional um, uh, awareness in the body as well. And... Um, you know, essentially your body's got a kind of a communication loop in it where, you know, you might have a thought in your mind, it goes out to your body, that then triggers chemical releases um, uh, into your body, which will then, your body, it's not just a one-way thing, it's like a loop where your body will then send signals back through your nervous system, back to your brain to kind of say, oh, you know, this is how your body's now feeling. Now, this is where yoga is interesting because you, you can do things in your physical body that create effects of that um, effects of sort of telling your body that oh I'm, I'm right now I'm feeling calm I'm feeling um, uh, connected and you create this kind of uh, communication loop in your body and you're you can it's working from your body back to your brain your breath is also doing the same thing but then how you guide people's attention and the things that you're getting them to feel kind of all starts to get into this this loop and it can it basically can shift people on a, a full 
you know, the full layers of all the phys- kind of physiological layers of their, of their being can be profoundly changed in a very short period of time. Mm. And the other thing you, mal- mal- you, know, you mentioned that, you know, before that class you'd been running and then, you know, it was just probably, I can't remember the exact class, but it would have been a, you know, it would have had physically challenging aspects to it. Mm. You're actually doing something that's got challenge to it, but you're doing it while um, being guided in a way where you're remaining calm. So the key with uh, yoga is that you're actually learning how to be in your life and life is challenging mm. while being calm. And so you're, you know, you're moving your body in a particular way, you're breathing in a particular way, you're paying attention in a particular way, and you're feeling into that emotionally in a particular way that's supportive and um, uh and balancing and that is the kind of place that opens up so they're kind of what we call koshas or layers of being in yoga that kind of opens you up opens you up to um states of bliss or mm. you know you can you kind of use the word awakening where you're tapping into your essence you kind of come back to your natural self before all these external influences were imposed on you through life you know and and our reaction to that, how we think we've got to be, you know, a, a lot of what's causing internal reactions and stresses in people is is just years of, you know, um, rea- you know, having to react to situations and how p- people feel they have to be. Yoga kind of just peels all that away for a bit mm-hmm. and says, okay, move like this, breathe like this, pay attention in this way, feel into it, and it the, the practice creates the transformation. Mm, so. Cool. Yeah, so that's kind of, that's in a nutshell, you're basically touching people on all the layers of their being from a very physical, tangible level through to something subtle. So that's where I've become very passionate, not just about, you know, breath work and seated type meditations, but if it's if it's led skillfully and with a lot of knowledge, taking people through a physical practice that moves their body through range, um, it can, can have the kind of um, effects that you, you've talked about it. One thing I will want to say, because we're having this discussion, I've just talked about a very profound moment that kind of trained my life through yoga, and you've, you've kind of talked about it the same. The one thing I would say is, you know, you, you don't want to go looking for an experience in yoga. Yes. A lot of people go, oh, I've got to have that yeah. nirvana-type moment. Yeah. Um, the practice will give you what you need when you need it. And so, you know, some people have those moments, and it often depends. You know, I remember you were at a bit of a pivotal point when you did that course. I remember we had a lot of conversations, and, you know, you were – you know, I could. You, you were at this point where you were looking to change your life towards helping people in the way, kind of the way you are now, mm. and um, that's often when we will have these kind of awakening kind of moments. I know it was the case for me, um, but then, you know, now when I practice, it's actually very subtle. Um, I kind of had a, had a few moments where things have really shifted, but if you, I just want to kind of put it out there to your listeners that it's. You don't want to go to yoga thinking that's going to happen every day because that will actually block the process. You just want to kind of relax and and allow it to happen. And um, you know, and if, if you don't have, uh, if you're maybe not holding on to things, you may not have those kind of uh, really uh, strong sensation type moments. But uh, the, the practice is definitely changing you. Like, there's a lot of. Um, What's it great now about also being in the kind of yoga world and the meditation world is there's so much Western science that backs up what we do. And um, a lot of things I just talked about, it's backed up by, you know, Harvard Medical School level um, studies. And there's also actually one extra little layer I'll just kind of quickly mention is that, you know, all the, I've talked about all the, how it's affecting all the physiological levels in bringing your body back into more balance. 
Um, it goes right down to the level of your DNA. The study of epigenetics, which looks at um, the expression of DNA. Uh, you know, when you come into meditative states through practices such as yoga and meditation, you affect your the expression of your DNA towards more states of well-being. So you basically, it's it's a kind of a lay, layman's way of kind of talking about it. But your DNA can be either um, kind of switched on to um, things like more receptive to. Um, things like cancer and, and uh, disease, or it can be sort of switched off to that. And um, meditation yoga flips the kind of the DNA expression to be less receptive to illness and more receptive to well-being. So, uh, so yeah, it's quite profound on on all layers of your being, right down to the you know the, you know, the core structure of your DNA. Um, uh, the expression of that changes. Your DNA is obviously fixed, um, but it, whether it's it receptive to certain certain uh, environmental uh, circumstances or not act, actually changes. So it's quite profound. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of and there's a lot of great science to back up. You know, people like yourself and me, we kind of you know we've gotten into sharing this stuff because we had a moment in our lives where we're like, you know, we tangibly went, you know, as you just said, wow, there's something in this. Mm. Um, I need to, you know, and I know you've gone off and done more study, you know, you, you, you learn more so that you can talk to people about it and share it. But this, there's, this, what's great now is you don't have to have to say to people, Hey, this changed my life. I feel great. There's actually, you know, peer reviewed studies that back all this up. So, yeah, Rod, it's, um, uh, it's interesting. You, you're right. You hit on, on, on lots of, um, you know, topical, um, uh, matters there, but, it's it's a real uh, individual journey now. One thing with with yoga people will you know the ego comes in, so you're sort of comparing all that sort of stuff. So you know when I when yeah. I I'm big on that because I was like that, and and really the way yeah. I teach now is, is from my own lived experience to sort of say, well look, you know these are the things that are going to block you. If you can just let them go now, then all of a sudden you'll be able to come into yourself again, so you can actually get grow and change and, and start to heal. Because if you start yeah. you're too much in the mind and you're sort of too much in the judgment, comparison, fear, you know, mode, then all of a sudden you're blocking that pathway for growth and development and change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be able yeah. to, you know, sort of help people understand that and, and, you know, give them a little bit of a fast track is a, is a great thing. But, um, yeah, look, we're with guys primarily the ego will dominate because, you know, we have been sort of... Um, educated to compare and you know judge and all those sorts of things that's a real real challenge to shift that i guess and um you know you would have found that not only in me but in many other guys i I imagine yeah yeah it's definitely um uh you know and it comes from a good place you know uh you know things are obviously changing now in the era that we're living in now but you know our kind of age group guys we were brought up you know we had to kind of feel like we were you know little bits of protectors that we had to kind of step up and there's the kind of there was the kind of idea that we had to be you know warriors in a, in a way and uh and also to just the idea that guys have to kind of hold it all together um you know I've, gladly those things are changing now and like it's okay for guys to have discussions about um you know where they need help and things like that but there was definitely an era where it was you know it was kind of a, a sign of weakness to to uh, admit that maybe you weren't coping or things like that. Um, and so it's that, you know, when you're talking about ego, basically that's just the, you know, we could just make that sound a little bit more simplified in that that part of you that is has kind of associates with your identity. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I like to work with people that, you know, it's basically 
kind of just welcoming and uh, accepting uh, that part of your ad- identity that's kind of been developed through, you know, through your life and through um, uh, how you've uh, been kind of led to believe that your life should be, and not to not to then sort of shun that necessarily or um, feel that you have to um, move away from that, but just just that just that acceptance of like that identity, and then but then moving back to more of what your essential nature is so that you actually can come into a healthy, like, you know, as long as we're in the world and we're, you know, we're not kind of monks um, meditating up in the Himalayas, but we're, uh, we're people that are um, living in the world, like your ego and a sense of your identity is actually just part of what it means to be, you know, an everyday person. So developing a healthy relationship to that is kind of important. And, you know, a lot of the discussions we had, I remember when you were going through training and um, sounds like it's stuff that you've been exploring since is really just working about working towards how you can develop a kind of a more healthy, balanced relationship to the identity that you feel you have. So, yeah, yeah. I, I sort yeah. of, uh, I, I became partners with my ego a while back, you know, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I understand that and I understand the the connection between the head the heart and the belly you know primarily Mm. to be able to sort of you know understand when one's dominating or whatever but uh, also to be able to get back to that sense of heart heart based center every day uh you know to to use the time in the morning to do your breath work do your fitness stuff if you need to and do your meditation so it actually just drops you back you know through the gears i always say to guys come back from sixth gear, fifth gear, fourth gear, back to neutral. And back, once you're in that yeah. n- neutral mind, you are back to, the, you know, your real self again. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, basically, yeah, that's you kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, a lot of it, we're, we're kind of, in our culture, we're kind of designed to, you know, if you wanted to compare it to a, a car reference, we're kind of taught to kind of, you know, drive a vehicle of our you know, being at kind of full throttle a lot yeah. of the time yeah. <laughs> and, and never and never actually take time to just kind of bring it back and and uh, bring it back to idle and maybe you know t- you know t- tweak, tweak the levels a bit and tweak the engine and and uh, put a bit of oil in and uh, you know essentially that's what these practices are they're just you know they're, they're tweaking your system and, and refining it and fine-tuning it and then also learning how to to kind of drive the vehicle of your being in a you know, like a professional driver in a more effective way where you, you know, you can still get up to speed when you need to, but um, you're not doing that in a way where you're going to, you know, burn out your engine and burn out tires, you know, you're doing it in a way where you can, uh, you can, you know, kind of get through to the, get through to the end, to the finish line. Uh, and then also know how to repair things when you, you're given a moment to do that. So Yeah, and uh, be, being conscious enough to arrest it when you mise at speed and, uh, yeah. you know, certainly they're, they're the things that we haven't been sort of educated or, or you yeah. know, yoga was, was weird, you know, to, to, you know, people from my community and, and various communities, yeah. out there, but it's so, so, so needed now to be able to manage our, our life better, manage our nervous yeah. system. But the physical side of yoga is, you know, getting you back to that meditative mind, which is, you know, basically, uh, as we discussed that, that calm natural state, which we've all got within it. So it's a great tool to be able to do that, Rod. Yeah, and look, you know, yoga, really, the idea of yoga is, you know, it's now presented as a, you know, most people recognize it as a, the kind of different styles of yoga and different, you know, kind of ways of moving your body and uh, different approaches that come from different schools. But really, the whole idea with yoga is this idea of um, reconnection, uh, 
you know, the original um, root word of yoga means means uh, connection or union. Yeah. Interestingly, the the full uh, Sanskrit definition of yoga also has the definitions. It means to array an army because Sanskrit is an interesting language where it doesn't just you know like a lot of people know. Oh, yoga means union. There's actually a lot of uh, definitions to the word yoga and one is to uh, equip or array an army I'm just trying to think back to the exact definition equip or array an army um, to put on armor mm -hmm. so part of yoga is actually to kind of prepare yourself for the challenges of life it's kind of what the, the Sanskrit language has got a lot of kind of um, uh, metaphorical references mm -hmm. so it's it's about finding connection it's about finding union but it's also about how you you use that connection to equip yourself and array yourself to be able to um, uh, to have a bit of protection to go in and um, you know face life's challenges, uh, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of implying that it's a, a way to prepare yourself to to move through the world. So um, yeah, it can basically to you know maybe to appeal to maybe the broadest you know audience that may be listening to your podcast. Um, you know, yoga can take on many forms as long as you, if you're doing things that you you know, you take some time in your day to do something that allows your body to come into a place where it's moving in a in a, a way that can feel a little bit restorative. So, you know, this could be lots of you could be walking, going for an, a good walk in nature. It could be as you know, as you said, going running as you used to do, but not just doing that as a, like another to do list, but doing it in a way where you're you're paying attention to how you could do it in a way where you're enjoying it. Yeah. It's, it's soothing, it's relaxing, and then also taking time at the end to, to, to just be with yourself, maybe sit for a moment and notice how it's changed your being. So mm. you can do specific yoga asanas for that, but it's really, if you take a mindset of, going, of just every day of taking some time to do something that, you know, physically, uh, you know, makes you feel more balanced. And, you know, and, and also too with that, you know, if you're under a lot of pressure all day, if it's something physically that makes you feel a little bit more alive, it doesn't all have to be, um, uh, the whole thing doesn't have to be kind of calming and soothing. It could be something that kind of awakes, wakens you up and makes you feel good. But then also it does want to have that aspect where you um, you get to relax. Oh, That's kind of the key things. Do, do something in your body that makes you feel good in your body and then take a little moment to just um, breathe in a way that it's kind of – uh, soothes you and brings some uh, it gives you a moment to just pause and just be with that and then just sit and just kind of give it always give yourself a couple of minutes every day where you you just enjoy being with yourself kind of in a way do, doing nothing there'll be a lot that goes on when you do nothing there'll be lots of maybe thoughts and feelings that'll come but it's really as simple as that just getting your body in a, in a in a place where you feel you've let go of any tension you might be holding on to and you can do that in any way you really like and then taking a little moment to just breathe in a relaxed way and then just to sit with yourself. So obviously at our school we teach some very specific, you know, techniques that have come through, you know, um, generations of yogic wisdom. Um, but really it's just tapping you back into your natural being. So, you know, it, it can take on many forms, yeah. Oh, mate, absolutely. Uh, I'm so grateful that I, I, I found it because... Really, I needed to, like for me, it was about finding that balance. And I guess, you know, lots of guys that I see that are either working too much or they're putting too much into their fitness and the gym and sport or whatever, you know, for them to balance, we, we use the term the yin and the yang, you know, to be able to sort of have that, that slowness to, to complement their their go. And, uh, 
And you know, this is what this is what forms disease. Really, at the end of the day, we have our bodies that are sort of you know switched on in that fifth, sixth gear mode consistently. But if we actually like are able to find time where we can do the things you suggested and come back to that sense of stillness, and that's when the gears will wind back. Um, yeah. Rather than you know using a beer or something to be able to help you relax, do it functionally so it actually supports your well-being. I guess. Uh, it's okay to yeah. do the beer thing and, you know, all that sort of stuff too. But if you can find the right balance, then your body will thank you for that and your mind will thank you and, you know, your, your heart will as well because it'll actually work better. Um, and you yeah, touched, definitely. You, you, I was going to say, Rod, you, you touched on something before about, you know, DNA and, uh, and, be, and being able to you know, use the term koshers. But, um, mm. you know, just because people in your family have had cancer or uh, died of it or, you know, had something that's, that actually caused them... Um, you know, disease or and, and led to, you know, circumstances or whether that be physical or sorry, mental uh, health challenges like Alzheimer's or depression mm. or anxiety. I, I don't believe that you have to follow that path. You can actually like rewrite your own DNA, as you said. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's kind of um, uh, what's interesting about studies is that this idea, and it's not that you're changing the structure of your DNA, but the expression of it in the study of epigenetics is that things actually, uh, you know, um, you basically your DNA can change uh, expression uh, to states of being more um, uh, more uh, receptive, perhaps, to disease through highly stressful situations. And they've uh, they've done studies where um, that has actually passed through generations. They've done it with people from uh, you know uh, from ho- uh, Holocaust era and things like that. People that have been through extremely traumatic situations, and and the, it can be passed on. So in a way. There is that element that it, it kind of you know if it, it's happened to your parents, it may happen to you. But you, but this is the thing, as as you just said, you can do practices to get to change the the relationship to stress that may have been a little bit passed on from from your parents. But because the expression of DNA can be shifted, uh, those those things can be changed. So uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a little bit of both in that if you do nothing about it, yes, maybe. It will be a little bit uh, passed on through the generations, uh, but you also have that ability to make that change. And um, yeah, so that, that's it's you know it's it's kind of you know new science. It's developing you know every year. There's more studies that come out, mm. but yeah, the study of epigenetics and how but how if we make conscious decisions to do to do things for our well-being that we can actually affect the expression right of our our well-being right down to the level of our dna is mm. i think that's amazing quite yeah. profound and we, as, as simply as you know doing things that physically bring you back into a bit of balance you know movement practices being a little bit more aware of how you're breathing like you know i've kind of come back to that a bit in this um chat it's like it's it, you know people breathing is just it seems so simple it's just so innate that you kind of it doesn't it's People take it for granted because how could it be that simple? Just change your breathing, but it's so profound. And then if you add to that, you know, being with teachers that can maybe um, uh, you know give you some tips on how you you know you can maybe bring your attention to certain qualities that are going to be more responsive to well-being. Mm. Uh, just shifting your attention a little bit and the things that you think about, uh, yeah, that's a, that's kind of amazing. Um, mm. So yeah, phys- you know, doing things that support you physically. Um, Things that support you a little bit energetically. What my key one being breath, but also you know hydration, nutrition, all those things will affect your um, energetic systems. Um, but then also getting you kind of 
your attitude a little on track. And actually, that's maybe one last thing that I'll kind of offer is that, you know, uh, I like to work with people to figure out, if I'm working one-on-one, just to figure out things that they already know that they really love and then kind of tapping into what it is about the things that they love and um, looking at ways that they can pay attention to life that kind of uh, are connected to ways that they already have, you know, uh, ways of being that they already have that they know make them feel good. So mm. if I'm working one-on-one with people, I talk to them about, about things that they like doing, that they love doing. And then in that, there'll be secrets of how they can start to pay attention to their life by focusing more on the positives. And, you know, what's interesting about, you know, if you speak to neuroscientists about the way your neurology works is that the things you pay attention to, those kind of thought patterns and ways of attention get reinforced. Your neurology, basically your mind wants to be as efficient as it possibly can. So the things you bring your attention to more often those pathways get reinforced. So if you're constantly bringing your attention to negative things or things that make you feel stressed and uncomfortable and anxious, you'll reinforce those pathways. Mm. If you um, have practices, just a daily practice where you sit and focus on, and you know, this is a great meditation practice. Think about something that you love, some quality that you love, and just, just keep coming back to it. You know, your mind will wander off and get distracted by other things, but just know that, you know, dedicate some time each day where you think about something that feels positive to you reaffirming to you and um and uh, refreshing to you uh that's a very simple and profound meditation and if you you know you talk to neuroscience uh, scientists about it you're training your mind mm. to be more in a pattern of, of of searching out those kind of positive aspects um what's interesting when we sleep what you know because meditation and the things that we're talking about will help people sleep better when you get good sleep at night you're you're it's a kind of a very simple way to kind of explain it it's kind of um at night it's your neural uh, the uh, functioning in your brain goes around and kind of trims away the connections that aren't that you're not using that often it's kind of like if a gardener was to go around at night and kind of trim off dead leaves and trim off old branches that aren't necessary in their garden anymore and kind of tidy everything up that's kind of what's happening in your brain mm. so if you're not spending some time each day to think about things that make you feel good and and training yourself to pay attention in ways that are going to make you feel uh, clearer and more um, acute towards things that are going to support your well-being. Uh, those things can start to weaken and get kind of trimmed away in your neurology. Uh, and the things that you, you're stressed about and you're paying a lot of attention to, they're just getting reinforced. So th- that's kind of maybe, you know, one last thing I can kind of leave you with is that um, – uh, if you do these practices regularly and just find, you know, spend some time each day where you think about positive things, but in a place where you've done something in your body to get comfortable, you've relaxed yourself a little bit with your breath, and then you just spend some time thinking about positive, reaffirming things, you'll train your, your mind on, a, on the level of your neurology to be more hardwired to that. Mm. Uh, and and it, and it just kind of snowballs. That was the effect with me. I I started doing this practice and, you know, I kept doing my career. I actually thrived in my event career. I went from a point of feeling like I had to to walk away from it to actually thriving in it and doing some of the best work that I had done. I stayed with it for another five or six years and really thrived in it because I was doing this practice every day that was retraining my neurology to be more receptive to um, basically, I became more creative. I, I made the, I developed the ability to be more decisive. I kind of went from being stuck in choices because I was always a bit anxious to just making really clear decisions. So I got more creative, more precise, and more effective in just being able to 
to get get stuff done, you know. Mm. Um, and that was all from just taking, you know. And I, I guess maybe this is the last thing I should talk about is that people can f- go, or oh, I don't have the time to do this. If you take, you know, ten or twenty minutes out of your day each morning or night, whenever you can find the time, and you, you could build on that for sure. I have a practice that's got a lot more than that. But if you just can start with like ten or twenty minutes, time will open up in your day. Mm. I, as an event director, I when when events were on, I had to manage my schedule down to like you know, ten minute intervals for the whole day, so that I could be aware of when things were getting behind schedule. And what I found is when I developed a, a practice each day of um, just spending some time with myself to, you know, in a way rewire my neurology towards more positive states of being. That's those schedules that I'd done for like twenty odd years, and I knew how long things just took. I started finishing everything earlier and I started getting things done an hour, two hours quicker than I had for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so people, uh, you know, people often say, oh, I just can't, I'm too busy. I've got to get all these chores done during the day. There's, I've got all this work to do. I just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. If you make the time, time will open up in your day because you become more efficient. You get, you get more clarity. You, you know, you're, you're just functioning in a, a more efficient way. Mm-hmm. So I kind of experienced it quite tangibly because I, yeah, I had to schedule my life, uh, schedule my days when I was doing production so that things ran on time. And I noticed how everything just became more efficient. Mm, so that, that, you know, and you, as you're aware from having done training with me, that's kind of what made me passionate about helping other people is I saw those changes in how you just live better. It, and it, you know, and it happens with just, you know, you only have to dedicate a small amount of time to it. And it's quite simple. Get your body comfortable calm your energy a little bit by breathing a little bit more effortlessly and slowly and then just you know hang out with some positive thoughts for a while yeah, it's that simple oh mate and, and you're right like it's it's just an investment it's 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 hard to uh, break away from what we've been programmed to believe is right by you know getting up watching the news reading the paper um having yeah. stimulants but if you if you can just give you give yourself a small investment like i always say suddener for me in the morning is 10 percent of my day you know um and yeah. that uh that's a couple of hours but it doesn't have to be a couple of hours it could be 10 minutes 20 minutes and it's just the way i've built a routine like you and um yeah then you can start your day and, and you know when all the tension and fear and all that is around you you can still get back to that sense of peace because you know that's your home base yeah well it resets and actually it's interesting if i come back to the thing i mentioned early on when i I, I talked about my path to yoga and how when I was, you know, I basically came to it because I was, you know, um, suffering a little bit from anxiety and I did that breath uh, awareness test with a therapist where I was breathing 28 times a minute. Mm. Basically now when I'm sitting around relaxed and calm, I breathe about five or six times a minute. Yeah. And so that's yeah. that's a huge shift. And But what was even more interesting was, uh, uh, you know, after a few years of doing the practice um, and, you know, and while I was still in my quite intense career, like obviously now I own a yoga studio, it's, a, you know, it's kind of a fairly calm, enjoyable environment to be in. But while I was still doing the big corporate events and things, I started realizing that I'd be, you know, the, the heat would start to kind of take off on an event, you know, I, I'd be in charge of like lighting guys and staging guys and performers getting ready and I was kind of directing the whole show and I realized that when things were getting a bit intense and things were needing to get done, I was um, automatically starting to breathe slower. Mm. So what started out as something that I had to, you know, spend each time, I spend a bit of time each day sort of retraining myself to, oh, if I want to feel calm, I'll breathe in this rhythm. I'll, I'll take some time to just breathe slowly and effortlessly. 
spending a few minutes with that every day, it got to the point where I got so kind of tuned into actually that's a better way to feel that when environments got more intense, I my I actually shifted it where my automatic response in my nervous system was to breathe more slowly, mm-hmm. which is kind of the opposite of what is <laughs> happens for most people. Yeah. I, I, I actually retrained my automatic response that, oh, it's getting stressful now, breathe like you do when you're calm. And I, I was doing it before I thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, to be able to have that kind of a shift where I was – I, I wasn't in control of the natural responses in my body to it to then taking a conscious choice to retrain myself and then after a few years it becoming an automatic thing that's quite amazing and you know it's interesting now like i i still haven't i haven't kind of gone oh right it's all good now and i've given up the practice and you know it's actually become you know it's got a lot more layers to it now but it's, it's still a daily thing because if you know if i was to, every now and then i miss I miss a day and i can feel the change yeah. you know if i haven't practiced in the morning I, I you know midway through the day i'm like hmm and it's just the response is a little different so mm. you know making some time to kind of tap into it daily is a, is a good thing and it doesn't but as i said you know for listeners that are kind of getting into it it doesn't have to be a, a big process just you know start with something I always like to encourage people to start with something that feels manageable. You know, five or ten minutes, you'll notice the effects. And but that's the key thing: notice if it changes you how you feel during the day. And once you start to notice those changes, that's your motivation to kind of go. Well, I want to. Do I want to feel like that, or do I want to feel like how I used to be? Yeah. Um, and you know, yeah, it, it can be incredibly life changing. Agree. I think Rod, yeah, you you you, you tapped on it like. We are we are being denatured as humans, and you know I, I think as humans we're we're meant to be shaking our bones in the morning or doing something with our bodies because we're meant to be hunting and gathering or, or you know primarily mm. setting ourselves up through through uh, you know going out and getting our our food um, you know that was mm. our, our purpose I guess but now it's sort of been uh, you know shifted quite a bit so to be able to actually understand that we are just like everything else that's flying around the world, uh, to be able to actually do what we're meant to be doing as humans, to be able to reconnect and get that sense of balance and peace within ourselves. Um, you know, it's a, it's a no-brainer for me now, but, you know, coming through the traditional pathways, it was so difficult to actually make that change. So you're hitting it very yeah. well, like small changes that can actually lead to big changes is, uh, you know, what it's all yeah. about, not being in a hurry to get there. Yes, look, you know, that's, I, that's the advice that, you know, I try to give people, you know, um, learn, you know, learn a couple of techniques, start with something manageable. And, you know, like, I, you know, for me, I talked about, for me, first thing in the morning was good. I think, you know, obviously that works with you as well. But really, where, wherever you can start at any time, like some people, it's the evening's better. Like, because you know, basically these practices of, you know, um, yoga and meditation, two, the two key benefits, like I've talked a lot about a lot of the physiological benefits, but two key benefits are, they they stop you. Um, uh, sorry, they release stress from your system. The first key benefit is it releases stress from your system, but it also stops you collecting stress. Mm. The more you do these things, you're less likely to collect stress. So, if you're someone that feels like you build up a lot of stress during the day, start you know starting in the evening, doing it as a practice. It's kind of let let's go of your day a little bit mm. can be great. Um, and I know a lot of people that that you know even my partner Nicole, she um, you know we practice in the morning, but she really loves an evening practice. With you know she she likes to do classes at our studio in the evening because mm. uh, she um, you know she f- feels it's just a great way to finish her day. Uh, so, but yeah, I kind of suggest to people you know they because often a question is well when when should I do it? And you know like for me personally, I love the morning, but 
the best time for anyone to make time to do this stuff is any time that they can do it. Mm. You know, morning, midday, in the evening. The key thing is the doing of it. Yeah. yeah no, so yeah, whenever they can fit it in, and so and, you know, everyone starts out different, and uh, and then it, you know, it, it, you know, as it obviously is the case with you, it's the case with me. If you once you start to feel the benefits, it, it kind of becomes a no-brainer and a, a non-negotiable. Really, you just you you just kind of want to do it. So it just happens, absolutely. Rod, how can people uh, find you uh, if they want to maybe come and do some training with you or just get some uh, some uh, some advice or, or connection, I suppose, through uh, through the various channels? What's the best way to touch base, mate? Yeah, well, look, you know, they can go through our website. It's in yoga, so I-N-Y-O-G-A, inyoga.com.au. Uh, all the all the links are there. If they want to send an email direct, they can just uh, send it straight to me, Rod, R-O-D, at inyoga.com.au. Uh, and, yeah, we've also got uh, our social handle is uh, in yoga life. Uh, so you can find us on, uh, find us on uh, Instagram as well. Uh, but, yeah, just through the website, just remember, inyoga.com.au. And, yeah, we... We, we train people how to teach this stuff. So we, we run yoga and meditation trainings, but we also, um, you know, we work privately with people and we do, you know, we do courses for, um, you know, if you just want to learn ways to ha- have it support your day-to-day life and well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of here to help. It's our, that's our focus, my partner Nicole and I, and we've got an amazing uh, group of teachers. You know, we're kind of here to help pass this knowledge on to people and just help people live well, live better. That's it. If we can, uh, we can learn these skills and be able to pass it on to others, and that's why I'm really keen to get people in rural communities to be able to learn these practices so they can get out there and, and help the well-being yeah. of their communities. I think yeah. that's really important, mate. So I'm really grateful yeah. for your time, Rod. Uh, an absolute pleasure, Aaron, and um, you know, well done on the podcast and you know, keep doing good things for the out in the rural communities. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. Guys, thanks for joining uh, this conversation I've had with Rod. Oh, look, uh, amazing uh, knowledge, amazing individual at uh, 54, I think he is now. So vibrant and lively. And, uh, yeah, if you were ever interested in doing some training with him, I'd say, you know, go for it. Look up in yoga in Sydney. And um, whether that be yoga or meditation or breathing or whatever, a lot of the things that they can teach can actually help us be better humans at the end of the day. So... Yeah, thank you for joining in. If you want to touch base with me, just shoot us an email, support at outbackmind.com.au or through the website, www.outbackmind.com.au. And don't forget to uh, uh, check out Green Nutritional Side if you can, if you're looking for some uh, things things that can support your physical and mental health um, through some of their amazing superfoods and supplements. So appreciate your time, guys. Thanks for being here. And we've got some more amazing guests coming up soon. So I look forward to... Uh, Another podcast uh, later in the week. Cheers.